Dimelang Avushini and hello hi Mzanzi. Welcome back to Sisters Without Shame, a no holds barred podcast that is proudly brought to you by Healthful Mzanzi. I'm your host Nolu Tandongakani and I'm here to hold your hand as you seek the answers to those suspicious lumps and sudden mental breakdowns you just cannot make sense of. This week, a write-in from Bloemfontein wrote us this letter. Hello, Lulu. I've recently started my first full-time office job and I don't understand how people can be fulfilled doing this for their entire lives. I'm bored of the pressure. I feel incompetent and miserable. Every day, I try to keep motivated, but my will to do this is dwindling. I would rather find a sugar daddy at this point. Who child, don't worry. Our guest this week is clinical psychologist Kilebukhile Mojanaha. Kilebukhile's niche in mental health lies in finding Afrocentric approaches to the mental health needs of children, adults, and couples. So Lebuka's question. We all have like good and bad days at work, but how do you get through a bad day at work? From what you just read, I think a lot of people go through this and sometimes it's about understanding is it something wrong with me? Is it something wrong with the organization? Am I doing something wrong? But basically, getting through a bad work day is about really de-escalating that thought because sometimes what tends to happen is when we're having a bad day, we tend to think it's been a bad year, it's been a bad week, it's been a bad month, everything is not going well. But you find that you just had a bad day. So part of maybe trying to manage getting through a bad work day is about remembering and de-escalating that, yes, today I'm having a bad day, but a bad day is not a bad week. A bad day is not a bad month. It's not a bad year. So I will overcome what I'm feeling right now. Because sometimes when you are low, it feels like everything is not going according to plan or you're doing things wrong. But it's okay to have a bad day. I think we can normalize that. And also normalize looking at it for what it is. And that's the whole taking it one day at a time of those are cliche. But take the day as today is a bad day, but I might have a better day tomorrow. But another thing I think that's worth considering is about making sure you don't sit with that low feeling or with that bad feeling of feeling like nothing is going wrong or things have just become too overwhelming for me. And one way of making sure you don't sit with those feelings about maybe having a venting session with a trusted friend that you can call and talk to, just so you let it out and you don't ruminate over your bad day all day. Because sometimes when you don't speak about it, it can just consume your thoughts where it affects productivity in the workplace. So I think one thing to consider doing is maybe having a venting session with a trusted friend or journaling if you don't have the space or the privacy in the workplace to really just let it out. But the whole point or maybe the the coping skill here when you are having a bad day in terms of how can you practically help yourself, one is just managing your thoughts. It's a bad day. I might have a better day tomorrow. But the second thing I think it's about practical intervention. Do I speak to someone about it or do I write about it? just so you can get it over your chest and not let it take over your thoughts to a point where it affects productivity. I like that, taking it one step at a time. We know that prioritizing mental health has long been sort of frowned upon, especially in the workplace. 
Where do you draw the line between work responsibility and stepping away to prioritize your mental well-being? One way of thinking about it, I mean, there's multiple things to explore and how to overcome that. But I think one practical way is about setting boundaries, like setting healthy boundaries in the workplace. Because sometimes we feel like we have to choose one over the other, but it's not always about that. Sometimes it's just about balance. And boundaries help set balance. So it's about checking, what are my working hours? Because sometimes we feel like overworked and we have all these deadlines in the workplace and you end up working over time and then feeling frustrated or feeling resentful that you're not remunerated for these hours and it's affecting your mental health. But are you respecting your work hours? Because in some ways you can't expect your employer to respect your working hours if you continue to blur the lines and bend the lines that are outside of your contractual agreement where you end up working over time and to the point where your mental health suffers. But actually, you were not able to set those boundaries that this is what I can do. And after this time, it's family time. After this time, it's exercise, it's well-being. So really, one of the things that you can try and do to draw the line between work responsibility and stepping away, it's about setting boundaries first. Can I set those boundaries and respect your own boundaries and respecting the contractual agreement that you have with your employer? But I think another way, it's about time management. Because if you're overworked and overwhelmed, it's usually because there's a lot of things that you're doing at the same time where you start to neglect your mental health. So sometimes it's not really about stepping away, but it's about managing your time. And this also helps with boundary setting, where you can try and maintain that work-life balance. But to do that, you need to be able to kind of look at skills or ways to manage your time. Because a work-life balance is important for your mental health. And for those who are considering taking a new job, it's always important to also look at the company culture. Because I think sometimes it's about people listening to this and saying, yeah, but at my workplace, you have to work these hours, you have to deliver on deadlines, and you can't give excuses. But maybe it's about, did you consider the work or the company culture before you started working there to see, are there boundaries? that can allow you to prioritize your mental health or not really. And that's a considerable and worth noting when you're considering taking a new job. That is very important, the company culture. You know, usually people get exhausted at the end of the year, but we've seen like, you know, some people are posting that they want to take leave now and stuff like that. It happens. <laughs> and it's just July, but people are exhausted. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it happens because sometimes you would have had planned leave to rest and then they're like, oh, there's a new project, we have to get on it, you can't take leave. And then you don't set those boundaries that, but I did apply to HR and it was accepted. And then that's where the resentment grows and you feel like, oh, I can't do this job. But actually, you know, you did know that around July you get tired. So why are you not submitting leave to try and make sure that you do prioritize your own mental health? What should you then do if you do experience burnout due to your job? Do you just up and quit? Oh, dear. Burnout. I think burnout is a big one for most corporate culture. And I think one thing that I do want to emphasize is that you can overcome burnout. With the idea of quitting is by saying that, you know, this is the death end. Like, there's not much you can do to improve your situation. But I think it's important to emphasize that 
you can overcome burnout because if we think about how one gets to a point of getting burnout, it's because we have all these excessive demands, but have very limited resources to actually execute the demands that you have. And that's it's about thinking, okay, what do I need to do? How did I find myself in the situation? So it's not about quitting. It's just about first mindset. Like I said, with the first question you had asked, it's about de-escalating your thoughts. It's about, okay, I can overcome burnout. How do I do it? Again, boundary setting. That means prioritizing leave and respecting your leave. Are you taking breaks? Because if you don't prioritize your own mental health, you can't expect your employer to. Sometimes the employer is about bottom lines and the company culture can be very machine-like. So I think it is important that you really need to prioritize your own mental health. And when you experience burnout, it's even more important that, you know, how do I set boundaries for rest? So resting is how you can overcome burnout. Eating well. You know, sometimes when you overworked and have a lot of deadlines, you tend to neglect your, your diet. We find yourself eating junk food, things that are not nutritious, and you're always tired. And it might feel like it's emanating from having a high workload, but also you're not taking care of your health. So that can also be a contributing factor to burnout. So managing your health and diet, exercising, because when you are tired and you have all these work demands, you don't find having time for yourself and your body gets tense. So how do you relieve the tension when you're having all these things happening? By exercise. So when you are experiencing burnout, remind yourself that you can overcome it, but also to overcome it, exercise, eat well, rest, make time for recovery because burnout essentially requires that time for recovery. But it is important that you really guard your thoughts because thoughts are very powerful acknowledging that you are experiencing a burnout and maybe you can't cut your hours at work realistically because you know you have a job that you've been hired to fulfill but you can identify maybe the most fulfilling parts of your job do those first so you maintain productivity and then leave the most less interesting stuff for the end but I do suggest that you can overcome it and do really reframe and reassess where you are, but make sure that you eat well, you rest, and you exercise. Speaking of thoughts, you know, sometimes it's so easy for us to always feel sort of inadequate and always feel like we're not doing enough at work. Can we talk about imposter syndrome? You know, what is it and how do you silence those little voices in your head that continually tell you that, like, you suck, basically? (laughs) The imposter syndrome, I found that in my practice is that one of the most common things that most professionals go through, but the least talked about. Basically, when you are going through the imposter syndrome or you're experiencing it, it's about doubting your abilities and feeling like, you know, you're a fraud. Meanwhile, you graduated, you went to college, you've worked in many companies or Even if you just started working, but you do have a qualification or experience, but you continuously feel inferior, inadequate, that makes you anxious to feel like you are worthy or deserving of being in a workplace or in a particular position. So it is possible to silence those voices that make you feel like you're not enough. But if they stay in your head, you'll never know that there are people also experiencing the same thing. So one way of being able to almost overcome the imposter syndrome is not about like you know keeping a secret or feeling shameful about it but it's actually about talking about it 
to normalize because it's the most commonly experienced thing but the least talked about. If we start talking about it, you realize, hang on, I'm not the only person. And once you realize that you're not the only person, it makes it easier to feel like you can deal with it because there are other people going through it. So I think it is important to talk about it. And also because when you talk about it, then you start fact checking. Then people can tell you, no, but the last project, this is what you did. We found it inspirational. Oh, we didn't know that you're going through that and you're feeling like a fraud. But, you know, I found that you did well in a specific presentation. So one of the ways you can really start to deal with it is about firstly talking about it because you realize that you're not the only one. And, you know, in fact, checking usually takes place when you can compare yourself in conversation with other people where you find that, okay, people do actually trust my capabilities. And those are some of the things that you can try and do. But I think what's worked most for people that I've worked it with is normalizing that you're not the only one and talking about it. And once you talk about it, you realize that it's a feeling that can also pass. But because you don't talk about it, it feels like you'll forever feel like an imposter and it's something that you can't get over. You've shared so many tips for us already, Leo, but I do want to ask, what other tips can you share for keeping sane in the workplace? First and foremost is know your wellness policies and support structures in the workplace. Because sometimes we can find that corporate feels very cold and very uncontaining because there's so much demand on you, but you don't actually know what's been put in place by your company to help. I know there's some corporate companies that have specific companies that they contract to take care of their employees. There's wellness offices, there's wellness policies. You might find that they actually offer psychologists at your workplace set boundaries to keep sane in the workplace because if you don't do it no one else will so if you need to learn to also prioritize your own mental health instead of making it the responsibility of the employer to do so the employer can only support but if you take it seriously if you prioritize it then you can set that boundaries and be like you know what after five o'clock i close my laptop everything else that you didn't communicate to me before five o'clock Unfortunately, it definitely wasn't as urgent and it can wait till the next morning. So it's about really understanding your work, what your position requires, what your contract says, and setting boundaries according to that. But also I think sometimes in corporate, people tend to neglect having a social structure in the workplace. And that's quite comforting and can help with those bad days where you do have people that you can vent to at the workplace could also quite be helpful. But do try and foster some sort of social support and structures in the workplace so that there is a communal feeling of feeling like, okay, so we're not robots, we're not machines, but we're people. So having that understanding that, you know, sometimes you can connect on a professional level with people in the workplace and become a source of support in terms of where work is concerned, because that also allows for you when you are overwhelmed, someone else can say, hey, I finished my project early. Maybe I can help you out with yours. But sometimes the corporate culture tends to enforce people suffering in silence and alone. But you might not know if the next person can actually reach out and be a source of help. It's about dealing with that paranoia that maybe people are out to get you, but actually trying to foster something different if it's not already an existing structure in the workplace. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Sisters Without Shame, Kilebohile Mojanaha. For more tips on how to keep sane at work, check out healthformsansi.co.za. 
And remember, if you are in a medical bind and looking for a shoulder to cry on, you can send an email to hello at healthformzanzi.co.za. Alternatively, you can send us a WhatsApp on 076-132-0454. I would never blue tick you, ever. Guys, shutdown time is shutdown time. Take your time to relax and unwind so you can come back to work, feeling reinvigorated and ready to perform at your best. Like Ilebohile said, take a bath, read a book, exercise and eat right. Just make time to do activities that you actually enjoy. When you're not able to take time off, get a quick boost by turning off your phone, shutting your laptop off and focusing your attention on non-work activities for a minute. It won't hurt you. But make sure you also meet your deadlines. Jeepers. Ugh. But that brings us to the end of episode 49 of Sisters Without Shame. Proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi. From me, Lulu Ngakani. Have a great week and remember to show your girl some love by sharing this podcast with a friend.